Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Now this morning, we're going to talk about the lost coin. The lost coin. And this is the second of three parables that cover the same subject, which is lost and found. And this is serious, okay? Because it's rare to find the same teaching in different parables, let alone to find three in a row. So that tells us that Jesus took this serious. This was something something that was important to him that he wanted to get across to not only those that were there, but since it was recorded in the scriptures, to us as well. And so this morning, as we look at this second one, and next week, we'll, uh, over the next two weeks, we'll look at the third one, uh, I want to encourage you just to, to ask the Lord to open up your heart and see the importance here and find something that you can apply to your life, something very practical. So let's consider this lost coin. And as you notice here, it fell down into the ground, so I believe it was sitting in filth on the floor. Uh, even those that are very clean, there's still dirt on the ground. And so uh, we find here, and more than likely it was a dirt floor, this coin was sitting down here on the ground and it was lost. And that's what I want to talk about first. And uh, this morning we're going to look at three points. I'm going to talk about the condition of the coin, uh, where it found itself. I also want to talk about the concern for the coin and then the celebration uh, because of the coin. It was found. And so this morning, let's start here with the condition of the coin. Uh, we find that it was fallen. It was a fallen coin, as we all put it here. I'll go back to the scriptures. It says, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, she lose one piece. Now, how this, how this coin fell into the ground, we're not given the details of this. We're not told how. Uh, perhaps it was just by accident. Uh, maybe it fell off the table. Maybe she had it on wearing his jewelry and it fell off in that way. Uh, but we are told that it fell. Eventually she searched the ground and found it. So we do know that it fell and it was lost. And that's the point I want to make to begin with here this morning. This coin was not where it was supposed to be. It was lost. Isn't that similar to souls today in this world? They're lost. Now if you're saved here this morning, you're saved. But uh, without Christ... People are lost. You know, Genesis 3, we're not turning back to this morning, but that gives us the account of Adam and Eve, and it tells us how Adam sinned. And once he sinned, everything changed. Everything changed for him. His relationship and his standing with God changed, and because of his sin, his fellowship with God was broken, and he was removed from the garden. You see, there was a separation between him and God. Uh, He was lost, is what it was. He was lost. No different than this coin sitting on the ground. Uh, Romans chapter 5. We'll turn over there if you have your Bibles this morning. I want to point out a verse to you, or if you're taking notes, I'm going to read verse 12, because I want to point out to you how everyone that comes into this world is lost. Not just one or two. See, that's the, the problem at the beginning of this passage that the Pharisees had. They thought they were better than everybody else. There was some pride and some arrogance. And they looked around thinking they're better than these people. How, how can Christ go and talk to these people? How can He talk to publicans and sinners? He shouldn't be talking to these people. He should be fellowshipping with us. We're, we're much better. That was the problem. They didn't see their lost condition. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, it says here in verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That's Adam. 
sin. Sin entered into the world. Death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. All have sinned. You know, I think if we're honest, we'd, we'd agree with that. Yeah, I've sinned. I've said the wrong thing. I've thought the wrong thought. I acted upon that thought. I did this or I did that. And we've sinned. The Bible, you know, in Romans continues to talk about that. In Romans 3, 10 and 23 talks about sin. But I just wanted to point out that like that fallen coin, that's the condition of mankind. We're not born with a good nature and somehow make mistakes. No, we're born with a sinful nature. And that's why we make the mistakes. All of us. And so like that coin... Mankind has fallen. Uh, Second, like that coin, I want to say that we're filthy. The Bible tells us that this was down on the ground, all right? And she had to begin to sweep the house and seek to find it. We do know that the grounds then, or most of the homes, were were, were dirt, is what they were. And so here this is laying on the ground, and I I think it's safe to say it was now dirty or filthy, if you want to put it that way. Maybe it was kicked around before she found it. Maybe people stepped on it. We're not told all the details of the parable and how long it was in this condition. But it was there long enough that she had to make a search for it. She couldn't just find it by looking down and seeing it. So she had to make a search for it. And I'm sure during that time it would become filthy, just being on the ground. Again, that's similar to souls. Right? What does sin do to a soul? It makes it dirty. Filthy before God. You know, in the book of 1 John, we're told that sin is a transgression against God. Basically, sin is when you go against God in any way. Uh, any way whatsoever. You go against God's teachings, you go against God's direction, you go against God's will. That, that's sin. And when we sin, we put ourselves against God. And God is light. God is pure. God is perfect. When we sin, we become darkened with sin, filthy with sin. Isaiah 64, 6, he, calls, he said this, he goes, we are all as an unclean thing, is what he said. All of us are as an unclean thing. In other words, we're all filthy before God. And let me give you something to think about on this, this parable that I think is interesting. We talked about the sheep, or we read about the sheep as far as the other parable. Uh, and the sheep may have had an idea that it was lost. If not lost, it knew it probably was in trouble, it was out there by itself. But this coin, the coin was different. coin had no feelings. The coin had no idea it was lost. It was just lost. It was there on the ground. I think that's like a lot of people today in our world. Hopefully it's not you. But there are a lot of people like this that they are ignorant to their condition before God. They think there's no issue. They think there's no problem. They're out here maybe today in this world. Oh, they have no concern for God. They don't want to know about God. They don't want to know anything about the Lord. They think everything's okay. They think everything's fine. They don't understand the seriousness of the situation, that they're lost, that they're without God. Like this coin, they're ignorant uh, to what I would say reality. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin leads to death. What happens if you don't get your payment for work? You know, some of you may have it direct deposited. I don't know. Maybe you pick up in the mail. But let's just say if it's direct deposit, you look and say, hey, they forgot to deposit that this week. Now, I'm sure all of you are good people. Uh, and, and when you do charity, I'm sure you like to help others. But you go to work because you need to pay the bills and you need to put food on the table. And so you expect your wages. And if you don't receive them, what happens? It's a problem. You're probably going to make some phone calls, find out what's going on. 
Well, the wages of sin is death. It's something that we've earned and that we receive because, not because God's mean or horrible and cruel, but because He's just and He's righteous and He's going to give us what is deserved. You know, uh, the fact that God sent His Son shows us how good God is. That He's provided a way to pay those wages that we can be forgiven. And, and that's the point here. See the coin here. It, probably, it didn't realize it needed help. You know, there are a lot of people in this world don't need, realize they need help. Maybe here this morning you're one of them. I can tell you this, you do. You, you need a Savior. You need to be forgiven of your sin. Uh, well, here's something to think about. If you're saved here this morning, that's part of our responsibility is letting people know that they need a Savior. That they need help. And for some, I tell you, you may witness to them, and even if it's giving them a tract, you know, at the time they may not respond. But it may not be till later that they realize, hey, I need this. Well, that's why we remain faithful. Continue being a testimony. Continue sharing the gospel with them. Because they need it. They need to realize their condition, and they need a Savior. And so, that's what we find here. This coin was in a terrible condition. It was lost. That leads us to my second thought, and let's look at the concern for the coin. We'll go back to our passage, Luke chapter 15. It says here uh, in verse 80, The what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. I want to talk about three things here uh, in this as far as the concern for the coin. I want to first begin with notice the candle that she lit. Okay, She lit a candle. Uh, maybe she discovered the coin was lost at night, or as some uh, believe, maybe the coin being inside her house somewhere, they didn't have electricity back then, uh, most of the houses only had few windows, and so she may have needed this candle to search the entire area of her house, began looking all over the ground. Uh, this is a serious endeavor now. Uh, so she gets this candle, lights it up, and begins to look. I think this here is a good picture of what I would call the divine light of God. The divine light of God. Because only God has power to rescue a soul. All right, He only has power to save a lost soul. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in John 8, 12, that Jesus says, I am the light. That's what He says, that cometh into the world. He's the light of this world. It also tells us in, in Psalm 119 that God's Word is a light. Right? Is what it tells us there. And then over in Matthew 5... We are to be lights in this world once we're saved. We're to let the light of God shine through us and to be a light. You know, I think all of these lights really can aid in the recovery of souls. Obviously, Christ being the light of the world is the one who saves the soul. The Holy Spirit works the washing and the regeneration. But, but as far as the Word of God, that can be a light as we share the gospel. People read a tract. People read the, the gospel or they hear a message. The light of God's word can shine in their heart and they can respond. You can be a light to people with your life, your testimony, uh, your words and your conduct. And you can be a light. We should be lights in this world so that people see God through us. And hopefully the lost will come to Christ. That's the goal. That's the, the desire that we should have. Well, she put this light out there so she could find a coin. You know, light is important. Have you ever had power go out of your house at night? And then you realize how important light is. Uh, nowadays, I look for my phone because I know if hopefully it's charged and i got enough light there, I can shine to find where I need to go. But it can be difficult if you have no light. Uh, recently, or a few years back, I went up north Arkansas. I went down in a cave. Blanchard Springs up there, and we went way down. And it was interesting because what they did... They told us they were going to do it. They didn't surprise people, obviously. They said, get ready because we're going to turn the lights out. And they did. 
And it was one of those feelings of just like you felt the darkness. It just was so black. You couldn't even see anything right in front of you. They didn't leave him out very long. They turned him back on. But darkness, darkness is, is difficult. And, and actually, it can be discouraging. Bible pictures the world in darkness is what it pictures. Can I tell you that explains why people do what they do? It explains why people follow false religions and false direction because they don't have the light. They're just going to go whatever way they think is best. Uh, it explains why people do some of the things they do and make the mistakes they, they make in this world because they're stumbling around in darkness is what God tells us. They need a light. They need Christ. Uh, let me give you an illustration how, of how important light can be to someone's life. At the end of World War II, the USS Indianapolis... Uh, at the end, it was the, the war had pretty much uh, concluded, uh, and they were taking up. There were still some on both sides who didn't know the war had ended, and as they went out into the waters, uh, basically a miscommunication took place as far as where they were, what they were going to do. And they, a submarine, a Japanese submarine, saw them and, and sunk them, and they went down. Nobody knew they were out there. And hundreds of, of lives were lost, but hundreds also went into the waters. And they were there for days and days. And nobody knew where they were. They were lost, literally lost. Uh, and several days passed, people didn't even know the ship was missing because of the miscommunication as far as the records and everything that was going on. And here they are sitting in the ocean. Uh, there's some interesting accounts of, of Christians who were able to witness during that time as they're just floating on the water. And they're out there for days and there's a, a plane goes out. This pilot, just doing a, a basic patrol mission, goes out. And that day he had to cover an area just to kind of patrol it. And he went. And he noticed that there was oil, a big splotch of oil in the ocean. And the way he put it in his account was, he goes, oil in a place there shouldn't be any oil at all. And so he began to call back. Find out, hey, is, did something happen here? Of course, they didn't. Nobody knew. So all the callbacks were, no, there's been nothing. No activity at all in that area. Well, he's getting ready to turn around and go back. But he said, just out of something in his heart, he decided, well, I'm going to go down lower and just take a look. So he started to go down lower and he, he flew over. There were a couple others in the plane. He said he began to notice movement on the oil. and saw the, the, the glittering of the sun. Come to find out it was the heads of all the men that were in the water, floating, trying to survive for days out there. And he instantly realized that a tragedy had taken place. He didn't know what it was, but he knew there were lost people out in the water. So he called back, obviously, and uh, said, hey, we have a problem. There's people out here. Well, he, he landed his plane and tried to do what he could. You're talking hundreds out in the water. Uh, the USS Doyle, a battleship, it was the closest. They heard the call. And so they made full speed ahead to get to the, the location to help out. And as they were traveling... People began to do a little bit of investigating, and they began to conclude, this is the USS Indianapolis. This can be the only ship that's out here. These are U.S. servicemen out here. And, of course, they hurried up. But by the time they got there, it was dark. They didn't want to, of course, go in and create bigger problems. And so the, the ship kind of stood back. And the admiral chose to do something that put his own life and others at risk. He determined to put the searchlight on that night. He said, turn on the searchlight and let's put it out there. And some of his men said, well, sir, uh, you know that's going to put us in danger. There's any ships still or planes still going around, enemy planes, or even some submarines. He said, I know. He said, but these men need the light tonight. They're going to need some hope. And that's what he did. And several of the survivors later 
said it was that light that gave him hope. One man put it this way. He said, when we saw that light, he goes, we knew we, we had been found and that we were going to be rescued. You see, it was the light that gave him hope to get through another night. Folks, there are people in this world that need that hope. They have no hope at all. Now, they may not be lost at sea, but they're lost in a world of sin. And it's Christ, the light of Christ, the gospel that we have that can be a, a, well, not only a blessing, but that can show them how they can be saved and they can have the hope that we have. And so I encourage you just to continue being a testimony, telling others about Christ. And so we see the importance of light. Second, notice she, she swept. It says here she began to sweep and clean. Uh, you know, you sweep a dirty floor, literally dirt floor, you're going to have a lot more dust and everything going up. Uh, and so she swept this floor trying to uncover the coin, hoping to find it. Uh, here's my thought on this. You know, the soul and sin must be cleansed from, this, from the filth. That's what must be done. You know, a soul, if it's going to be saved, has to be redeemed from the sin. And that's what God does. You see, all sinners must be cleansed. And so she swept. And then also notice her commitment. It says here, uh, we're back in Luke chapter 15. It says here, and seek diligently till she find it. So we have a picture of a woman who's going to go out and just seek and search the house. Maybe on all fours. Checking the entire area. Why? Because this was important to her. That coin must be found. She's going to look for it. I think every single soul is important to God. I do. Because He created everybody. He's everyone's creator. He's the world's creator. Not only did He create us, you, but He created everyone across this world. He made them. They're special to Him. Each soul. And then He sent His Son to die for sinners. God cares for the lost. And God has reached down... So that souls can be saved. That's what God has done. And since souls are important to God, I think they should be important to us. Sometimes it's so easy to lose sight of what's important. Yeah, I know we need to get through each day. We need to pay the bills. We need to put food on the table. We can't lose sight of souls. We can't lose sight of people. That's, that's what's important in this world, is people. And souls. Each soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. Either in heaven with God or in hell, separated from God. And since souls are important, we should take them seriously. Let's begin with your soul. Okay? Your soul. You know Mark 8.36, it says this, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Uh, I think, no, I, I know your soul is your most valuable possession. No matter what you have in this world. Your soul is the most valuable possession you have. Because when you take your last breath on on this world, you're going to leave everything behind, but your soul is going to go somewhere. Make sure you're saved. That's what we're talking about here. Lost and found. Make sure you have come to the understanding that you've sinned. You're a sinner. Not just your family, your friends, or someone there, but, but you've sinned against God. And then, make sure you have repented of that sin. You've understood your sinner, understood you can't save yourself. God sent His Son so you can be saved. And you repent and you believe on Christ for salvation. See, you'll go from being a lost soul to a saved soul. That's what the Bible teaches. Christ will accept you, you'll be saved, and you'll have a new life. But make sure that's been taken care of, because if that hasn't been taken care of, uh, 
I guess I say this with all due respect, nothing else matters until your soul is secure with God. You can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, you're going to lose out. So make sure you're saved. And then, of course, let's make sure that we understand everyone else's soul is important too. Your family. Think of your maybe mom or your dad or your brothers or sisters. They're, those souls are valuable. That's hard to witness to family sometimes. That, that, that can be difficult. Pray for opportunities. Pray for wisdom. And when you get those opportunities, be a loving witness to them. Encourage them. And pray that God will give you a chance. And then, how about co-workers? Their souls are important. I think of those servicemen who passed away this week. Those souls were important. I hope they were saved. We don't know now. That was between them and God. I've read different accounts. Some might be, some might not. But those souls were important to, to obviously their family and to them. Well, every soul in this world is important. Let's do our part to be a witness and, and to share the gospel with others so that they can know there's salvation and there's hope in Christ. That leads me to my last thought here this morning. Let's look at our passage. Luke chapter 15, he says here in verse 9, And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends, her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let's talk about the celebration now. The rejoicing and the joy that took place. Uh, there are two reasons why there was a celebration or joy. Uh, the first one was because the coin was, it was rescued, right? It was rescued. It was picked up out of the dirt. It was found and removed from the floor, removed from the dirt. Obviously, probably cleaned up and cleaned off. Uh, basically, we find a rescue took place. And so there was some joy involved. A celebration because the coin had been found. You know, when Christ finds a soul, He doesn't leave it the same. He changes it. According to Titus 3, verses 5-7, through 7, the Spirit washes and regenerates. It cleanses the heart when someone is saved. So when you were saved, God didn't leave you the same. I'm glad He didn't leave me the same. I'm glad He cleansed me. He forgave me of my sin. And He gave me a new life. When you're saved, He did the same for you. And we can praise the Lord for that every single day, for the new life, for salvation from Jesus Christ. But that's what lost souls need. They need to be rescued. They need to be cleansed and forgiven so that they can live for the Lord and they can live for God. See, when a soul is saved, not only is it rescued from sin, but it's also rescued from Satan. Because the devil has a hold over that lost soul. And so God not only rescues it from the sin, but also rescues it from the devil. So now it belongs to God, no longer belonging to the world and no longer heading uh, towards an eternity in hell. And then here's the second one. A coin, the coin was restored. It was restored. You see, in itself, the coin always had value. What I mean by that is, I don't know how much that coin is worth. There's different opinions on it. Uh, we gave the children some quarters this morning. And those are worth 25 cents. As I told them, I don't know how much you can buy at 25 cents today, but they're, they're worth 25 cents. And if that coin fell to the ground and was lost, and they couldn't find it, they all agreed it would still be worth 25 cents. The value of it wouldn't change. Okay? But how about the use of it? The use of that coin. 25 cents is good on the ground, but it's better if it's in the hand. You can use it. You see, 
that coin could not purchase anything when it was on the ground. That coin could not be involved in any kind of savings. Couldn't even be displayed in any way. It had value in itself, but it was useless when it was on the ground. A lost soul is the same. Well, I think it has value still. Every soul has value. But when it's lost, it's useless. You see, a lost soul, uh, the way for them to glorify God would be to be saved. But until then, they're just living under themselves, living in the world. There's no glory to God. A lost soul is not in God's family. Can't be treated as a child of God. It's away from God, separated from God. A lost soul cannot fellowship with God as a saved soul can. You see, a lost soul really with God is useless before God because it's still lost. Just like this coin. Now there's still the value there, but until it's saved, until it's recovered and brought back and restored to where it should be with a relationship with God, then that soul is useless. Notice here in this passage, the final point here, verse 10. Likewise, he says, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Isn't that an interesting thought? There is a joy in the presence of the angels in heaven when someone is found. When a lost soul is saved, there is joy in the presence of the angels. I don't know what takes place. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll find out. But evidently there is a, 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 I don't know if I want to say a celebration or just a joy amongst the angels that a lost soul has been found. Now, we don't know all that the angels are able to see. Obviously, they're not God. They don't have His ability to know all things or to see all things. But the Bible does indicate that they have some knowledge of what goes on on earth. They pay attention. They watch. We find that at the time of Christ's birth, there was a lot of angels involved. And so, here's a thought for you. Have you ever wondered if maybe there's an angel watching down where you live? And the day you're saved, there's a joy because they saw that your soul was made right with God. Or your family member got right with God. Or your neighbor got right with God. And then there's a joy in heaven. A, a, a celebration amongst the angels in heaven because a soul was saved. Now I'll say this. If there is a joy in heaven over souls saved, there better be a joy on earth because the souls are saved, right? We should celebrate whenever a soul is saved. There are a lot of things that can bring us joy and happiness. Uh, your favorite sport, maybe business, maybe hobby, entertainment, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with finding happiness and joy in some of those things. But let's make sure we also find joy in lost souls being saved. That, that we want to see that happen. And when that happens, we want to celebrate with them and for them. Because their life has been changed. Because they're no longer lost. Because they've been picked up. And they're now in the hands of God. And they're now in His family. And they're now saved. My question to you this morning is, are you saved? Are you saved? Have you been found? You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website 
centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.